and their parents always remember the great time they shared together on yesterday. Kind Father, don't let us, our seed and family member, get any backlashes from this prayer in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for answering prayer in our secret closet prayer. Father, you know those secret closet prayer. And God, we just thank you for answering prayer on yesterday, God. Continue to give the overseer wisdom and knowledge and favor with everyone that he needs favor with God for this program, this prison ministry program. God, just continue to shower down blessings on the the overseer and his family member because he is taking his time away from his family to do the work for you, for others. So give him a double blessing, God, and keep that family together in Jesus' name. And, God, I thank you that I, that I will not get any backlashes from this prayer, neither the listener. None of us will get any backlashes from this, this prayer. And, God, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for the continuing of what you are going to do for this ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We got Miss Colette on the line. (laughs) Thank God for Miss Colette. Thank you, Lord. I mean, you kept trying to call me, and I kept trying to answer. Yeah. My phone's still blocked, but I put a little button at the top of it. Well, let me press this, and I pressed it, and here you are. Praise <laughs> Amen. Thank God. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I don't hear Miss Sarah this morning. Is Miss Sarah just on mute trying to find her hat and her earrings? <laughs> I am sure she is because oh, she's okay. on the line. Trying to break my hair, trying to get these girls ready. And, um, and they're walking around with a frown on their face, but it's okay. And we're just, uh-huh. we're just so pleased. And praise God, praise God. But I'm here. Amen. 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 I have my hat. And my um, got my clothes on. Don't have my hat on because I have to braid my hair first. And I am going to find some earrings that's going to work. I didn't remember to get those last night, but it's okay. Miss Sarah, I I wouldn't have appreciated as much uh, till I listened to one of the pastors over this weekend. Uh-huh. He talked about how um, you know. His mom prepares on Friday night for Sunday morning service. And uh, he says, like, uh, you know, that she would iron the clothes and then, uh, you know, she will have all the food prepared on Saturday itself for Sunday. And he said, like, <laughs> you know, he will, he will make all of his children take a bath on Saturday itself for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know whether water is going to come the next day or not, so she will make sure that they are all taken back on Saturday. That's right. Uh-huh. And sister came in at 11 because they went to their mom's. Um, they didn't leave. They left about 7, and I said, okay, we need to be back for Sunday school. And that didn't say anything, and Maya said, that's right, because I'm learning about 
how God created everything. Ooh, and so, wonderful. And um, I didn't bother to iron. I was ironing that uh, Maya's jeans, but it's okay if they're not ironed because it was after 11 o'clock when they got back. And, um, yeah. and so it's going to be okay, but we're going to yes, get in quiet for a purpose here this morning. <laughs> okay. And this is a time to praise God, and if there is a praise item on this line, you know, We'll just glorify God because uh, the Bible says that we will enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Uh, you know, we will enter his gates with glory. So as we come in, you know, this is time to open our mouth and just like a praise God for what he has done. Anyone on the line, please go ahead. I'm going to start with my phone's not working this morning somehow. <laughs> Somehow, I was like so upset. I said, no, I want to hear what happened yesterday. Don't do this to me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I, I, it works. I mean, it, I still have a black screen, but that's okay. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Right Amen. There that I was able to join in. Thank you all. Thank you all. Amen. Amen. I just want well, to give just, God uh, praise, and, praise and glory that on um, whatever day the 26th is, um, God will, um, if it's his will and his plan, my husband is going to be 70 years old. Oh, and, um, and I thank God for that, you know. My prayer is that, you know, he and I will grow old together, you know, when I see Old people, you know, walking the streets, old couples walking the streets and holding hands. I always tell them, I say, that's going to be us, you know. But um, I thank God, you know, that, you know, for keeping him. And he's going to be 70. You know, he doesn't look like he's 70, praise God. But I just thank God that God has kept him for 70 years, 70 years. And I just praise God for that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Miss yeah. Brenda, he looked the same way I looked at him ten years ago. So he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, from that point, uh, or I, I don't know when it happened, he still looks the same, Miss Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my sweetie. That's my sweetie. <laughs> I wouldn't see him for nobody. Mm, praise God. Good morning. This is Lisa. I. I Prayerfully, everybody has heard about my praise report for the week. Um, Laquan's charges being dropped, case being dismissed, charges being dropped. It's a prayer answer. DPS monitor was cut off, and oh my gosh, we've just been rejoicing. And um, yesterday, he actually celebrated his 40th birthday. I can say that right now, right now this morning, because as soon as that GPS monitor come out, came off on Thursday, he was like, I'm going to church with you on Sunday, Ma. So right oh, now, thank God. He's, thank up, he's up getting ready for church, and we're all going to be in person and worship, because one of the things he asked when he got um, the bond, if he could attend church, and the judge told him that he can watch church online, so... We're thanking God that he's going to be able to show up in person this morning. And thank you, God, and your prayers, your support, and your love. And 
God is good. God is good. Hallelujah to God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. It was a, it was a great day at the anthem yesterday. Um, we several things to praise God for. Um, this is the first event that we are doing after the COVID. And the, and the thing is that the, the kids like uh, within a short period, I think uh, you know all of those families were called, and everyone that agreed to come. This is the first time. This is a praise item. Where all the families that agreed to come came, not even one shied away, and we had to call like a one kid, one mom at a time. It went on and on when we called the moms to come and grab their children. And um, the big part is like also, uh, it was well over 300 people, and the food and everything was served. Uh, on time, the the event happened. So, wow, Monique did an amazing job. Uh, Anita uh, did an awesome job with her picture. Uh, but, uh, you know, the thing, and Laurie and Nancy did a uh, great job with the caregivers. All, all in all, mm-hmm. it, it was even, by the time we were uh, like a three-fourth of the program uh, done, it was already 3.30. And we still have another two hours to go, you know. <laughs> but somehow we squeezed it here, squeezed there. By five o'clock, we wrapped up everything. But uh, it was very uneventful. The the the, the prison was so gracious uh, in how they did the security clearance. Uh, so overall, it was just an amazing day. Thank God. Ms. Laurie, Ms. Anita, you probably have seen some and heard some. Uh, on your side. Well, my day, I just want to praise the Lord for Friday. I was able to spend time with Elaine and Kaya, so that was a really great day. Um, Elaine had work, so uh, we met for lunch, and then I took Kaya, and Elaine went to work, and it was just a wonderful day. We went to a park, we went to the mall, then we ate dinner, and... Um, it was just nice spending time with her one-on-one. She's such an adorable little girl. She's really lovey-dovey and cuddly, and that was really great being with her. And, you know, she's so sweet, innocent. We were looking at just, you know, things at Claire's, and she was just happy. You could tell. And she said, I'm so happy you came. She said, I was so excited. I kept telling my mom, and my mom said, calm down. It's not tomorrow. It's the next day. <laughs> mm. So she was glad to see me, and then on Saturday it was just another amazing day full of just so many different emotions. I cried, you know, happy tears seeing the moms, and I remember I'm moving down the middle of the two sides with the volunteers, the caregivers, and I remember trying to go forward, backward, squatting, trying to get the best pictures I could, and. One grandmother, she was um, in a wheelchair, and she just really started sobbing um, because the reunion of this mother and um, her son was just like, 
he ran and just like ran into her arms and it was so um, great to see them you know they were both emotional and holding on to each other most of them were you know either happy or crying tears of joy just because it had been so long since they had seen each other and uh, but I heard the the caregiver in the wheelchair she's like oh my goodness I, I'm crying so much. It's just so wonderful to see them come together. And even though I don't know them, I just know that they're so happy. And she said, and look, the photographer's crying. How's she going to take pictures? <laughs> it was just like everything was just falling into place for her. It was just really good. The the worship that was done by the mind, um, Cheyenne and Destiny, I believe her name was. Destiny. Destiny. You you are so right, Pastor Joe. I've never seen anything like that before, and I cried. And I looked, and I saw several volunteers crying. Um, it just really touched your heart, the words and the music, how they played the expressions out um, for you to even feel, I don't know, it's just hard to explain. Um, but I thank them, you know, for just expressing the song the way that they did because I had never seen anything like that. And she said, thank him. And she pointed to Pastor Show. She was like, he wanted us to come, and we came. And I said, I'm so glad you came because I've never seen anything. And the worship was Selva and Pitty and, um, you know, Vassant and everyone else that was up there. That was really good. It's like they kind of picked my favorite songs, you know. so it was just a good day. I'm glad um, my body made it through because sometimes it's hard for me to hold my camera that long. And I I think Pastor Cyril rubbed off on me. I had energy all day. <laughs> I even God. passed Lori at the very end, right, Lori? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it was a great day. If I could pick if I could piggyback onto what Anita said about destiny. You know, um every time they did that death destiny, um, those songs always ministered to me because it was a time that I it was always a time that I was going through personally so and um just to hear those songs, you know, um I know it ministered to the caregivers but and the children, but it ministered to me so much I used to cry so much. Colette used to come over there and just hold me, and I would just cry in her arms because I was going through myself. And um, just like Cyril said, you know, they, you know, we were there to minister to the to the um, inmates and the children and the caregivers, but we were also there to get ministered to. And Destiny always, whatever song they sang. It always ministered to me, and I thank God for a friend like Colette because she used to always come over there and just hold me, just hold me and cry with me, you know, because I was always being ministered to. And I miss those times. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, you know, remember the moms that Kirk saw, those two boys? Remember them? Mhm. They were deep too. They were very good. Mhm. Desiree and her daughter are amazing. They are amazing. Yeah. Yes. 
And I was and next to Monique and Lori and the, you know, Pastor Cheryl had us, the volunteers so that everyone could come around and, you know, say goodbye and thank you. And that was nice, too, because I know that um, there's a really good connection with Lori and caregivers because there's so many hugs and so many uh, sincere thank yous with tears of, like, I, I could just tell that, you know, Lori really made a difference in their lives and that day, whatever was done in that caregiver room. I know they were separated, but it was just, there was a connection. I could see that with several people. So that was awesome. Yeah, that that hardest goodbye was, um, there was a a family, um, I spoke more with one, it was 18-year-old twin daughters, and there were two younger brother siblings and you know from from the first time I was talking to her um setting up them coming in the the one the older brother um he had just turned 17 I believe it was 16 17 and they weren't sure if he would be able to get in because they couldn't get him an appointment to have a picture ID, his driver's license, to get in. And, you know, she had always said, we, we've we decided that if we can't all go in, none of us will go in. And when we were saying goodbye, I I saw them. And the minute, the minute my eyes caught her eyes, I started tearing up. Because I know it was so hard for them um, to leave. And th- that one was hard. Saying goodbye with them. But I know they're going to be taken care of because Pastor David had them on a list. He said, I need their contact information because that family lives right by, right by their church. So I know that they are in perfect hands. It's like something, something was going on with the caregiver. The caregiver was their aunt. And I know I never spoke to her when I was trying to connect with them. The aunt just gave the um, the older girl my information to get a hold of. So I only spoke to the the older girl. And even when we were in the caregiver room, she she... The aunt wanted to leave, like, right away, first thing in the morning. And she seemed a little anxious, and she said, well, I wasn't planning on staying. Actually, I was surprised she came in the first place. But I know that morning session in there, I saw her wiping away a few tears. So I know something hit home with her. And um, she... They had allowed um, some caregivers to to leave before the second session started in the afternoon. But I, I all I can do is trust that whatever it was she needed to hear, she heard in that morning Amen. session. And hopefully that is, was enough to to kind of help her out. 
Amen. You know, Pastor Cyril, I wanted to mention one of the volunteers. Her name was Amy. She's kind of a blondish um, yeah. lady, I maybe thirty-ish. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. she was really nice. So I, I talked to her and I said, you know, he's really good. And I said, oh look, I got a good picture and I showed her. She's like, oh thank you. And I said, how did you get involved? Are you um, with one of the churches? And she said, no, I googled ministries and that's how I got involved. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the caregivers fell down the day before or met with an accident, and uh, she still had like an icing or something on her hand. Her hand had to be tied together or uh, with a bandaid and things like they that. They wanted to do but surgery. They wanted to yeah, do so she, they yeah, she's surgery. Yeah, she's so broken. Her hand is broken. She needed to go to a surgery. But she actually brought the kids over to be with the mom. That was more important than the pain that she was carrying in her head. Yeah. Wow. Was just like, yeah. Wow. It was just like, you know, blew my mind on how yeah. much of love these guys are craving for. Praise God. It was a wonderful day. Um, uh, and... Uh, uh, it was uh, like the kids were running around with a horn in their <laughs> hands, and they were blowing the entire time. Yeah. And oh, at one the point, it was so loud that <laughs> the entire prison would have heard their sound. This is like a hundred kids running around with their horns in their hands. <laughs> it was like uh, sitting in a in a football game, uh, you know, with a loud noise mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, so it was. God was glorified. I want to thank all the prayer warriors who prayed on Friday night. Um, it, it it wouldn't have happened without your prayers. Um, uh, the 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 thing is, the victory was already won Friday night before we walked into that prison Saturday morning. Yes, there were things that uh, you know people were trying to you know do certain things like uh, you know leave and. Uh, um, some of the people were uh, about to get like upset in the prison and everything, but the yeah. thing is, like, a big prayed over that on Friday night, and that's why the 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 God of this universe was just keeping such a calm spirit, a sweet spirit in that room yesterday, and uh, we are so thankful for all the prayer warriors who cried out on Friday night, and. Uh, Ms. Lisa, we are very joyful with you this morning. Um, uh, more than anything, you know, um, your heart and your prayers have been answered, Ms. Lisa. Thank you so much, Pastor Carol. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to line um, the only few lines that I cannot mute is Ms. Colette. Um, um, you know, so go ahead and mute your line if you can, Ms. Collette. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time. Father, I pray, right, for everyone that is on this line. Everyone, the conference Father, has been is, muted. Everyone that is, uh, Father, God, pulled their heart this morning before you. And these are nothing but like a praises and glorifying you and honoring you. Father God, the Bible says when we lift your name up, when we glorify and honor your name, Father God, 
the angel will run before the throne of grace and write our names in the book of remembrance. Father, I praise you for writing all of our names in the book of remembrance today. God, we send this morning into your hands. God, you take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, for your glory. Amen. We will go to the same place where we left off last week in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. If you have your Bibles, this is a beautiful letter, one of the four letters that Paul wrote from sitting inside the prison. And uh, he wrote this letter because uh, there was one of his disciples or his uh, someone that uh, he actually, um, you know, mentored um, when he was, when Paul was in Ephesus, um, he, he was mentoring uh, a man uh, who actually uh, came from this city called Colossus. And uh, he, um, he went back to Colossians and started uh, probably a Bible study, uh, but then you know, over a period, they, hold on one second, Um, and there was a man named Ephesus. That's the name of this guy. And you can see that person's name in chapter 4, verses 12. Uh, Paul's talking about it. He is the one of you who is one of you. A servant of Jesus Christ greets you, always struggling uh, on your behalf in his prayer, uh, that you, you stand mature and fully assured uh, in all the will of God. That's exactly why Paul was even writing this letter. He wanted to mature the, the children or the mature the people living in the city of Colossae. And um, here, the verse says, Continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with the thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you are to answer each other. So what we did is like a, a, over this last two weeks uh, prior to this week, we took the first two parts of it. The first part of uh, verse 2, it says, devote yourself to prayer. Continue earnestly in prayer. And in the original text that we translate, it's actually continue steadfastly in prayer. We have to persist in prayer. That's another translation. We need to remain devoted to prayer. We need to carry ourselves in prayer. The thing is that prayer is not an event that happens in our life. Prayer is a lifestyle. Uh, and uh, the, the thing is, it's talking about persistence in the beginning. The persistence here doesn't mean long prayer, that 
Persistence here means like not giving up when things are not happening. Sometimes it's very easy to quit and say, God, I throw my towel. I'm not going to be able to move on. But in the moments like those is where we need to surrender ourselves. And this morning, I will just quickly recap on some of the things that we talked about in that day. And then, you know, on the passionate prayer. And then today, we're going to look at the third part of it. You know, what God was trying to impress in us in this section is that he wants us to go deeper into our prayer life. Uh, so many places where Paul talks about prayer, and uh, he talks about it in Thessalonians quite a bit and so on. But the thing, uh, it must have gone into the maturity of Paul that he has already ministered. He has, he has done everything that he can at this point for the, for the gospel. And by now, uh, through all, he learned what has happened. And now when someone comes to him and says, this is what is happening, this is a problem that we cannot handle, Paul's immediate reaction to his, his path to restoration, he says, oh, you have a problem? Let me tell you, devote yourself in prayer. Persist yourself in prayer. He wants to go back to the basics. He wasn't saying, oh, let's call this strategy group or a marketing team so we can take care of this. He was saying, no, you know, let's get back to what means the most. In fact, Paul writes about this, and this is something I learned new, and I'm so excited to share with you. It's in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18. It says, pray in the spirit Ephesians 6.18, pray in the spirit at all times, okay? That's, that's what we've been talking about. You, you have to make a prayer a lifestyle, right? And then it says, with all kinds of prayers. What, you know, I thought there was only one kind of prayer that I need to go and ask God for something. That's, I thought that was the only thing that is possible. What do you mean by all kinds of prayer? I never realized how many kinds of prayer that we actually do uh, make to the Father. And if you want to know all the different kinds of prayer, you need to go to the book of Psalms because every chapter in Psalm is actually a prayer. Did you know that the book of Psalms is actually broken into five parts, right? Uh, if you see that, when you go through the Bible, it will say part one, part two, or in some of the translations, it will say book one and book two and book three, right? So those five sections of Psalm is actually linked to the five first books of the Bible. And the prayers that are offered are connected to the first five books from Genesis, right? The, the first five books that, uh, you know, we go through um, all the way. So um, here, when you read the book of Psalms, you're going to run into all kinds of emotions that the psalmist go through. And during that 
their circumstance, their situation. We all have circumstances and situations that's beyond for us to control. Sometimes we want to go to God in complaining. So there are prayers that are considered as a complaining prayers. There are prayers that are considered as a comforting prayers. There are prayers that are considered as crying out for help prayers. Sometimes we go to God for clarifying the direction prayers. Some of those, we make prayers as courageous prayers, confessing prayers. Today morning, what Miss Lisa did was a celebrating prayer when God answers our prayers. I do not know what anyone goes through in a moment's notice when when a doctor calls and says, uh, you have blah, you have a cancer, you have this, or you have a terminal illness, or when they get a phone call to say that you lost your job or uh, you, you, your, your husband's walking out or wife's walking you, you you completely freeze yourself at that point. You really don't know what to do. But for every emotion that we have, we can go to God in prayer. In fact, in Psalm 25, verses 15, David says, My eyes are continually looking to the Lord for help. For he alone can rescue me from all the traps. That's what one of the versions says. Another one where he says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face constantly. Prayer is nothing but seeking God's face consistently, constantly, and just going to him. It's the, the most powerful thing that we can do in our Christian life. Right? And we saw in the first week, uh, there were two parables that we saw. One of them was in Luke chapter 11. The other one was Luke 18. The Luke chapter 11 was about a, a neighbor comes to his neighbor and says, I need some bread for my friend who's come from far away. And the, and the friend, uh, the neighbor says, go away. My, my kids are sleeping. I'm sleeping. I'm not going to do anything for you. But then, because of his persistence, he gets up from there. What I really like about that one is that uh, ask at the end, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. And in fact, the, the, when, when you take the original text, it, it actually goes like this. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. That's what the original text was. Keep on asking, then it shall be given to you. Keep on seeking, then you shall find it. Keep on knocking, then it will be opened to you. The thing is this, we, we tend to just like, a, you know, go there and expect an answer right at the end of a prayer. But God says, keep on, keep on with your prayer life. Be persistent. And we saw in Luke 18, talking about the parable about this widow goes to the judge 
And at the end of it, Jesus summarizes uh, even the judge who, who was not uh, like a judge, uh, uh, like a very uh, nice guy, turns around and, and says to her, like, uh, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? This this judge is speaking to that woman, saying, like, uh, isn't that you have a God that you can go to? But the Bible says, like, at the end, that Jesus actually talks about this. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? And so then, you know, uh, we moved on to the second week. We, we talked about the passionate uh, prayer, of praying with passion. And the verse says that stay alert with your eyes wide open with gratitude. Be watch, watchful. Be vigilant. How do we, how do we see the healing happen in churches today? How do we see demonic forces dismantle? How do we see that crack addicts recover? Uh, how do we see the relationship restored? How do we see that lives get saved? Right? If only we don't have that passion to go after the Lord. We need to, we talked about like these three guys last week, uh, Billy Graham and Templeton and Cliff, Clifford, and how these three guys started off well. And in fact, Templeton and Clifford were seen as the people who can preach as good as apostles, right? But what happened to them was this, that they did not have the passion to pray like a Billy Graham. We can start a ministry with passion. We can start the churches with passion. We can start with all these things with the, the passion, but that passion will die if we don't have a passion to stay with the Lord in prayer. It's a lifestyle. We saw in the life of Jesus last week, uh, how Jesus was uh, praying when he was in a, a tough spot, uh, when he was pressed against the wall, he was praying. When he, was, uh, when he saw the people that were surrounded by him was hungry, he was praying. He saw when he was tempted by the enemy, he prayed. When he was criticized, he prayed. When his body was fatigued, he prayed when he was weary in spirit at the hearing of John the Baptist who had been beheaded, he was praying. It was the most uh, toughest moment for Jesus on the Garden of Gethsemane where his blood was coming out as a sweat. We see him praying. If that is the case for Jesus, how much more? Should we be passionate about going to God in prayer? We saw how Jesus prayed before he started a public ministry at the baptism. We saw how Jesus was praying to get recharged after feeding the 5,000. The Bible says he withdrew himself to a place. I was talking about this on Sunday night last week. I was telling them how before we start the ministry, we need to get to a place of quietness with God. And how we need to find the quietness with God 
after we leave, complete the mission field and come home. Right? And, and the thing is, soaking with the Lord is so important. How we need to be dedicating ourselves in prayer before making a major decision. Jesus spent all night in prayer before he chose the twelve. Right? He never left the, the, the prayer room until he saw the presence of God overtake him. He just was praying and praying and praying. And that's why the disciples came to him and asked him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. When, when our prayer style, uh, the lifestyle is uh, so soaked in prayer, people who are around us should actually come to us and say, how do you pray? Do you actually do this when you're praying? People need to come and know that are around us should know that we are a praying warriors. The, the battle, as I was saying earlier, is always won in our closet, not in the battlefield. And prayer leads us to submission. We did all that last week. Um, and then this week, we're going to go to the third part. It starts off saying, devote yourself to prayer being watchful and thankful. How do you be thankful to God when you're going through a rough time? This is one of the hardest parts. I, I, I struggle with it because it is easy to thank God. It is easy to praise God when everything is going well. How can we praise God and thank Him when things around us are still in shambles? Today we're going to look at two things. One, sister, um, we will talk about why should I be even thankful to God? Right? Uh, when we look back at our life through the rearview mirror, right? Um, I was coming um, out of this prison um, in McCormick. Right? Um, Bridget was there. And few of the people were there in the car. It was a great day, like a how we had an amazing day yesterday at the prison. So as we were coming out, it was a rainy day, and both sides of the road, when I was coming out of the prison, it was just like a thick, like a lines of trees, right? And so when we were coming, one of those trees just broke down, and it was almost like a falling down. And... I saw the tree coming down. It was this big, giant, long, tall, like a oak tree kind of thing. It was just like a coming down. And, uh, but my brain is not sinking with my body. Um, uh, and so it's not sending an instruction to my leg to press the pedal faster, right? Because I want to get through and not have the tree fall on us. But I was going at a regular speed, and I went past it, and the tree fell right behind us and blocked this entire road. It would have fallen on us. We are we are five people in that car. And as I was going and looking through the rearview mirror, I just realized whether I pressed that pedal stronger 
or not, that tree would have fallen behind me. I'm so glad I did not press the pedal hard that day. Why? Because I would have taken glory for pressing that pedal. I'm so glad I drive, drove exactly the same way because uh, even if we make attempts and not make attempts, God is faithful. When we look at our lives, uh, we see his faithfulness. The times uh, that he made a way when we didn't see a way out of the situation. The times when God placed uh, you and I in a right, right place uh, when when we have made mistakes, he showed mercy. And that's why we are so thankful this morning. Um, the opposite of being thankfulness is being complainers, right? And uh, there are things that, that may not go right in our life, and we have every right to complain. But if you start to write uh, the things that are not going well for us, versus the ones that are going well, and you put them on a weighing scale, we will see how much the blessing outweighs the things that are not correct in our life. And we need to be thankful for that. That's number one. We need to look back at our life and look at how many times God saved us like this. And when we start to cherish on those moments, uh, what is the natural outcome of that will be a thankfulness coming out of our mouth. And the second reason is we didn't get to where we are just by ourselves. We didn't get to this place. Every one of us, none of us got, got to this place with our own strength with our own wisdom, with our own knowledge, with our own understanding. It wasn't uh, the good breaks that we got. It wasn't a coincidence why we have everything that we have. All through our life, you know, behind the scenes, God has been working and pushing and, uh, you know, removing darkness, removing the schemes of the enemy, not to have any effect on us. When we look at the the path by which we came, right? And another thing, um, this is new for me as I was researching, God has been orchestrating your family line and my family line to bless us. I, I talked about this uh, yesterday with the, the moms uh, about James Dobson. James Dobson is a guy who comes on the uh, radio, uh, uh, Christian radio stations, where he talks really well. And uh, when people ask him, how come when you speak, uh, there's so many people give their life to Christ. When you speak, we see the change happen. When you speak, a lot of these things that just happen as if it's like a very smooth. And, and how do you, you know, be so convincing about the Christ that you're preaching on. Here's the only answer for all the questions that they had. James Dobson said his great-great-great-great-grandfather would get on his knees every day at 11 o'clock in the night and he would pray 
for the generations to come. And in fact, he prayed for 16 generations from where he was to know the Lord as their Savior. For 16 generations to be prosperous with the gospel and the word of God. He never prayed for the worldly welfare. He prayed for the spiritual welfare of these people. That's what I really like about this one translation where it says, uh, Proverbs 22, 6, it is translated like this. Train up a child to independently depend on God is the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child to independently depend on God is the way he should go. And that's what uh, James Dobson's great, 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 great grandfather did. And because of which, you know, the every child of James Dobson's great, great grandfather's line, they all prospered. And in the end, James Dobson was the 16th in that generation. Right? We, we receive such a blessing in our life. It's because either our mother or our father or our grandmother was praying for us. The, the, the resources of blessing that a father or mother saved up for us. Maybe it was one of our great, great, great grandmother or grandfather prayed over for us. And that's what is being credited to us. It's not our own strength or might. God was working in our life through the generation to pass on the blessing to you and me and for which we need to be thankful for. The benefits that we are reaping today, it came because someone sowed in our life. I always talk about like a generational curse when I talk about the fathers not being there and so on. We have to talk about the generational blessing in this nation. We have talked to so much of negativism in this country. We have to start talking positive, offensive, offensive battle that we need to come. We need to be praying and blessing our children and children's children and our children's children's children from not having any bad curses to pass on from us to the next generation. But today morning, if we look at our own life through a rearview mirror, we will see how blessed we are. In fact, the psalmist says in Psalm 105, chapter 1, uh, chapter 105, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done his miracles, and the judgments he uttered. I was praising God with Miss Lisa this morning because the judgment that was uttered to her son was an answer to the cry of the mother. 
God has a favor in your life and my life. Growing up in India, where we didn't have so much of means, my mom was abandoned. God did not leave her alone. He sent people, angels in her life. Right. Uh, and, and the thing is this, I was thinking about all these good things that God has done, and I was like really trying hard to find things that were uh, something God was doing in my life from the past to the day to the morning. But then God reminded me about something that happened on Saturday, uh, Friday night. I had just like that, you know, been running around for, um, you know, getting this event together for Saturday. Um, but along the way, um, a lot of planning and things were happening. But I never went around to raise funds for this event. And uh, there were expenses uh, like food and everything that needed to be paid off. But, uh, uh, and the thing is this, as I'm sitting down on Friday night, uh, you know, the things would have happened. We would have done everything that we can to make everything work and so on. That's not an issue. But look at the faithfulness of God. There was a man who comes walking into my house and he gives me a check for the exact amount I needed for Friday. I don't need to go looking for the goodness of God far backwards. My God is faithful even today. He's faithful in your life. He's faithful in my life. And that's something we need to be thankful for this morning. I do not know what is that for you, but this morning I'm going to encourage you to just like a, take a notebook and just start writing down. Think and sit down and think about all the things that God has done for you. If you're not the person who writes on the notebook, you're so um, you know, good at just like taking the notes electronically. Go ahead and type that in somewhere because when bad things happen, we actually, this was something a pastor said one time, when bad things happen, we actually take a picture, portrait of that, and then we hang them in the middle of our living room. But when a good thing happens, we start to write them on a sand in a beach where the water comes and washes away. This morning, I'm encouraging you to just find places where God has been good to you. God is not into a spectator sport. God is not sitting on the bleachers to watch us go through the struggle after struggle, pain after pain. He's involved in your life. He's involved in my life. That's number one. Number one, we need to be thankful this morning because of what he has done for us, for his faithfulness, for his unwavering commitment to bless us. That's what we need to be thankful for. And that needs to come along with our prayer. Number two, how will I thank God and go and get stuff? Right? Like I said earlier, it's easy to preach but hard to go through. You may even say, brother, you don't really understand what I'm going through. I get it. You know, uh, I, uh, there are times that are tough, 
that I have no idea how uh, I would get through the water myself. And I'm sure it's the same for you as well. So each of us have the same struggle. Nobody is like, a, you know, wrapped with the bu- uh, bubbles around us in this earth. We are all vulnerable for the enemy's attack. But here's the thing. Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This tells us to giving thanks at all times. Um, last week, I believe, in the middle of the night, I just woke up and not able to sleep. And a lot of things were going, you know how like when uh, there are things that is not settled, your mind is not at rest and it's just the processing. And some of those areas, I know it wasn't working. And God was just like a pressing on me to say thanks for this to happen. And I was like, okay, when God was impressing very quietly, I was just like a saying in my heart, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. This was in the middle of the night, right? Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. But God then impressed on my heart to say, no, 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 I want you to vocalize this louder, open your mouth and just thank you. And I started to thank God the night. You wouldn't believe the very thing that I was praying for next that night that I was thanking for that night. I wasn't even praying. I was thinking of the next night. I got the lieutenant governor from North Carolina, Dan Forrester. He called me to ask about like what needs to be done. Then I got like a, you know Senator Steinberg called me on the very same item, and then I got like a call Ford. Uh, Senator Carl Ford called me to talk about. The thing is, these people are in like a different places in this spectrum, but God was moving in their hearts when I opened my mouth with thankfulness. I did not ask for any help from these guys. They came to me. Another judge uh, went, you know, said, Chief Justice will take care of this for you. I mean, there's like all kinds of people jumping in from all over the place, and it didn't strike me that day. Uh, why was all these things that all of a sudden got the attention back? Then I just remembered the previous night in my bed. I opened my mouth and thanked him for what was about to come. And God heard the words that came out of my mouth. I'm telling you this morning, the worship that we have for the Lord comes out of our experience. We can listen to someone else's testimony, but it is not ours until we experience it. I can preach as many sermons as I want in my life. It it is not real until I start to believe in the words that are coming out of my mouth. I can pretend to care for someone like Yesterday, I could pretend to uh, act like I care about those people who came into that prison, but it's not mine. But, uh, it, you know, it's, it will be a fake if I'm, my heart is not in it. If I'm not real with them, it would be just nothing but an empty social gathering. 
If it doesn't come from our experience, then it is not real. You're faking it. When God puts you and me through an experience, and when we come out of that experience, then we know how to react to the same situation next time we go through that. If you have gone through a specific trial in your life before and God has brought you out of that trial, then you know exactly what's going to happen the next time when you do exactly the same thing. You know how to come out of it. Um, this was like a 10, 15, or even more than that, 15 years ago. Uh, my daughter's hand was dislocated on the shoulders, right? And she cried and cried the whole night, and the next day we took it to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, her hands are dislocated. And he said, like, I pull the hand like this and shove it back in, and it'll go, right? I watched this guy doing it, right? And so... Two weeks or three weeks later, we were in the ground and she was playing and she fell on the same side of her shoulder and the hands dislocated. I have no idea where I got that same gut at that moment in time. I just like I pulled her hand and then just pushed it back into her shoulder and it just got locked back again. What am I saying? When we go through certain trials with finance not being there or business broken or a relationship broken. And if God has taken you through that and brought you out of it, you know exactly what God spoke to you when you went through that to come out of it. And in fact, I wrote a book about it. Are you dancing in the rain? In, the, in that book, I'm talking about the full of stories about people that I came across in my life who didn't know how to dance and eventually learned how to dance and taught me how to dance. Sometimes God allows certain things to happen in your life, not to make your life miserable, but to strengthen you, strengthen your heart. God allows us to go through these things so that uh, we can be a blessing for somebody. We are in this constant state of learning in this life. God is not done with us. He knows there is still life left in us, and that's why He's working on us and maturing us every single day. So the number one thing, when you go through the hard times, know this for sure that, you know, God is preparing you for something that is bigger and you need to go through this training school that God has put you through. In Psalm 43, and I ran into this verse very, um, you know, by accident, actually. 43 this morning, I was just like, a, you know, sitting down, thinking about this message, um, you know. And I, I was just like a looking for another verse, and then I stumbled into this. And I think it is very important for us to listen. This is what the Lord says, the, the, the verse says in Psalm, I mean, Isaiah 43, which is 1 through 3, it says, he created you, people of Jacob. He formed you, people of Israel. He says, don't be afraid because I have saved you. He's saying very clearly, don't be afraid of this thing. Even this thing that you're going through right now will pass. And then the next verse says, I have called you by name 
and you are mine. I never, never would just like disqualify you for whatever you have done. God's not going to distance himself from you because of what you have done, because you and I are the product from his manufacturing unit. And if there is a defect in this product, the manufacturer will jump in to fix that problem. And that's why the next verse says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you cross rivers, you will not drown. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned, nor the flames hurt you. This is because I, the Lord, am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. What I'm saying to you is this. When you go through the hard times in your life, you are not all by yourself. And God is walking and traveling with you and me. No waters can overcome. No fire can overcome. No river can overcome. The same water through which the children of Israel passed through is the same water that the, the, the army of Egypt was drowned because he controls the heavens and earth and he's still sitting on the throne room for you and me. The next point, when your life is going rough, here's what you need to remember. God has a way in tempering us. <clears throat> what does this mean, Sarah? God has a way in tempering us. I, I don't know how many of you watch the cooking channel. I know Miss Laurie, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miss Colette loves uh, cooking, and she watches that cooking show so many times. She would send me the recipes and so on. But whenever I watch the cooking shows in some places where I have seen them use the eggs, right, and these chefs, when they use the eggs, they will break the egg, and when they're putting that into the bowl with the mixer, they will not actually beat that egg so fast because they know when they beat the egg so fast, then the heat will get generated and it will scramble the egg instead of mixing it beautifully into the dough or into, dough or into the flour that they've thrown or into the mix of spices, right? They would gently, you know, temper the egg so that the egg will get used to that environment. Then they will continue to temper the egg. Then it will get used to the flour. Then they will temper the egg before it can just like a completely be soaked and mixed well. What am I saying? God will never throw you and me into a situation that we cannot handle. Even when things go wrong, he's out there to handle. He will temper your life and my life. And even during an agonizing situation, even when the presence of God, you know, is just not a felt in your, in your life, right? And, and everything seems distant. Your friends are running away from you. Your family members are not there. But here's what God is doing, even in the midst of all that. 
he will be tempering your spirit. He will be infusing his heart into our hearts and minds and soul. That's why in, in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 3, he says, a bruised reed he will not break. He knows that that plant is broken, that that reed is just like a crack, that that reed is bruised. He will be careful when that bruised reed is, is slammed on the floor to take the reed out. He's not going to slam it so hard because he knows that there is a crack or there is a bruise in that reed. He will never fail nor discouraged. He, he will never fail nor di- discouraged by human beings like you and me. He knows what we are going through, but he's tempering us. This is how I wanted to wrap up this morning. I don't know if you have gone to Disney World or Disneyland. When you enter in, there is a big board that says the happiest place on earth. That's right. As long as you are in the Disney World or Disneyland, you're happy. But the moment you come out of it, it's gone. But God wants to take us from being in the happy mode to the joyous mode on the earth. There is a difference between the happiness and joy. We talked about it in the past. Happiness is based on the circumstance or the situation or the things that we have right now. Whereas a joy is based on relationship with God. In spite of things that are going well or in spite of things that are having a rough time, God is saying, I'm going to give you the joy. The happiness comes and goes while the joy will be shown in your facial expression. Joy will show up in your smile. Joy will show up in your handshake. Joy will show up, you know, in your life and my life. When the joy is present in your life and my life, we will never stop praying. When that joy is present, we will never stop going to church. When the joy is present, we will never stop believing in God. When the joy is present, we will never ever give up on our hope. And that's what God wants to restore. And that's what we need to be thankful for today. And there's so many verses that I picked up, but I'm not going to run through all of them. Um, I will even put this on an email, send it to everyone. But the important point that I wanted to leave is these two points. Number one, when the going gets tough, right? Know this for sure. Right? When when everything around us is is not working, know this for sure. It is not for that moment. When you come out of that situation, God will use what you went through to be a blessing for somebody. What was once a misery for you will become a ministry. And my life is the biggest example of those. How when I was taken down at a gunpoint, locked up in a dark room, saw my life taken out that night, just gave birth to this mission of like helping somebody who's going through exactly the same that I was going through that night. 
yesterday when I saw all the mothers and grandmothers had a chance to talk with them, with Miss Laurie and Miss Nancy. And the thing is that at that moment in time, there was a clear connection with them because what I went through is exactly what they are going through. When I, when I speak at that moment in time, I'm connecting with them. The second thing, don't think that when you're going through certain things that God doesn't care. No, God is even tempering us. He will make sure we don't go through what we cannot handle. This morning, in spite of everything that I said, even if you forget everything that I said, remember, when you open your mouth in thanksgiving, when everything around you goes wrong, that word of thanks coming out of your mouth takes so much of energy, and God knows, and he hears. Ms. Katina. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Cyril, for this wonderful message and picking up from picking up from last week and in this series where we're talking about the points that uh, Paul mentioned in his letters uh, letters uh, letters to the Colossi people. And you talked previous in previous weeks about. Um, devoting our lives to prayer, that that was one of the points that, that Paul mentioned in his letter to the people, that they should devote their lives in prayer and be persistent in prayer, never giving up, that the prayer should be a lifestyle of the people, and that we should always be in a posture of asking God, seeking him, knowing that when we do ask and we do seek him, that we will find him every time. If we knock at the door, he will answer. And then he also encouraged the people to be watchful, that they should pray with passion as they are waiting, as they are being watchful, that they should be alert even in their watchfulness, that they should be diligent, be dedicated, that they should stay with the Lord. We cannot give up on him. We have to constantly keep our hands on the hem of the Lord's garment. Do not give up. We have to be diligent like the lady with the issue of blood in a crowded room when it seems like so much is going on. There are so many distractions. We have got to crawl. We have got to get to him. Hold on. Don't let go in prayer. God wants us to stay close to him so that we can see it through. He wants us to see it through. He wants us to show. He wants to show us that he is the I am that I am. He is the one that can answer our prayers, that he does care about us, and that our prayers are not in vain. He wants us to understand that the battle is actually won in our prayer room, in our closet. It may seem like, you know, when we look around us in this sinful world that we're not winning, but yes, we are winning. Our battle is won when we go into our prayer closet and we devote ourselves to prayer passionately and diligently to him. And then that brings us to our third point that Paul mentioned in his letter to the Colossae. Today we talked about being thankful. He wanted the people to be thankful. I love Paul. Paul is just like one of my favorite people. And he he encouraged the people to be thankful. You know, sometimes when 
life looks like it's just in shambles. You know, mm-hmm. we look at our situation. We look at our the things that's going on around us, the things that's going on in the news, on TV, and our news feed with our children, our coworkers even. I'm even seeing it in the workplace now, you know. And it seems like things are just like we're on the attack. Just yeah. Things are coming at us left and right. But, you know, sometimes when we don't know what else to do, we can just be thankful. Can we just thank oh, him God. for even the attack? Can we thank him for the thing that seems like it's a messed up situation? Can we just thank him in that when it seems like we are trying to make an attempt and the attempt's not going anywhere? Can we just thank Mm -hmm. him in that? Because our God is so merciful. He always shows up for us. He's always right on time. He never will leave us nor forsake us. So why, why does God want us to be thankful in all things? Why should we be thankful to God despite of what our situations are, despite of whether or not things are good and things are bad? I remember, you know, when back in the early days when I first got saved, it seemed like I would only go to the Lord when there was time of trouble. Mm. And, I, you know, as I began to mature, I realized that, you know, that must be hurtful to God. That must be hurtful to him, for people to only come to him when we need something, when we're in distress, when we're in SOS. Don't you think that he also wants to come with us with joy, that he also Mm. wants us to come to him when we don't really, really need anything? Can we just thank him just for his provisions and thank him for what we do have and thank him for where we are right now and not necessarily only go to him when we are in distress? And the more that I matured, I promised myself that I never wanted to handle him like that. I never wanted that type of relationship that was just one-sided. I wanted to be with him in the good and the bad. Let's have a good balance when it comes down to our thanksgiving. You know, let's not only thank him when things are going good, let's also thank him even when things are going bad because that's maturing us, that's strengthening us and showing us how to hold on to him and not give up on him, despite of the situation. God wants us to look back at our lives and just, just like Pastor Cyril, the ble- Pastor Cyril said, the blessings outweigh the bad. And that's really true. Sometimes I'll sit back and I'm just in a quiet moment and I'll just be thinking, you know, my mind will go back to, you know, my 20s, my my teenage years and, you know, my third, my early 30s. And I would be like, oh, my God, I know God always has had his hand on me because there was no reason why I should have made it out of that situation. No Mm -hmm. reason. I should have been gone, in jail, taken out of here. You know, my child would have been left with my parents probably raising her. I made stupid, stupid, foolish decisions that God's hands was always still on me. And I have to tell him, thank you. I have to tell him, I look back, and I have to just say, Lord, thank you for continuously keeping your hands upon me because you never left me. And my blessings outweigh the bad. Those Those situations were bad. However, where I'm at now is a blessing. Because I know that I'm only here through your grace and your mercy. So I thank him as I look back at my life. Let's thank him. Let's take an assessment. If you had to do that divided line exercise, the pros and the cons, the good and the bad, I guarantee you, your good and your blessings will outweigh your bad. We have to thank God for the yesterday, the today, and tomorrow. Speak over yourself, saints. Encourage yourself. 
speaks to those things that are not as if they are. Some people say as if they were, you know, choice of words, but speak over yourself. Thank him for those things from yesterday. Thank him for the things of today. And even thank him for the unseen things of tomorrow. I find myself, myself in my prayer closet thanking him for the job, thanking him for the business, thanking him for the, for the women that, I, you know, who he's encouraging me to touch through him for his purpose, for his reason, for his kingdom, thanking him for my community, thanking him for my neighbors, my coworkers, thanking him for Proverbs 226, thanking him for my in thank him, thank him for the tomorrow, for what he is about to do in the lives of, of us and those around us, those that are attached to us. My daughter just recently signed a contract with the school district here in Maryland for a new job. She signed that contract not even knowing what the salary point is going to be. But she said, you know, Mom, I'm going to step out on faith because I do believe that this is a blessing for the Lord, and I know that he's got it taken care of. So she's already thanking him for the salary that she's expecting. That's the kind of faith I want. I want to thank him for the things that he hasn't even done yet, the things that I'm praying for over the lives of my brothers, over the lives of my husband, my children. I want to be able to thank him now for those things that I am praying for in the today that is yet to come. Let's give him thanks. Let's tell him thanks now. Let's rejoice now. Let's set up our praise report. Amen? Amen. And then we got to understand that we didn't get to this place on our own. This life that we're living is not our own. We didn't get here by anything that we did, but it's by God's strength that we are at this place. And God has always been working on our behalf. He's always been orchestrating this show. He is the head architect, the head designer of our lives. And he wants us to be thankful in all those things, whatever it is that is his will, whatever it is that he's orchestrating, whatever it is that he's designing, he wants us to give him thanks at all times. Give him thanks. Despite of the situation, when it looks like it's just not going to happen, give him thanks anyway. My husband and I were on a road years ago to purchase a house. One of the most stressful things that I've ever been through, you know, mm. for those that have gone through that process, it requires patience, it requires diligence, it requires waiting on the Lord, faith. And it looked like we were not going to be able to qualify for this house. And I remember we were out of town, and my daughter called, and she, all I did was, well, she texted, and all I did was see the text scroll across that said, accident, but I'm okay. And we immediately went into panic mode. We left our vacation early. Luckily, we were close enough to Maryland. We were just in Virginia. We could drive home within a couple of hours. But my daughter had wrecked my brand-new car that I just had for six months. Six months. We entrusted her for the weekend with the car while we were out of town so she can get around. And she was someplace that she should not have been, and she got into an accident. Total lost the car. Total lost it. She was okay, thank God. And I thank him for allowing me to have a good temper spirit because where we wanted to be upset with her and we wanted to just, you know, have our, our, our you know, just be you know, angry and say all kind of mean things to her, we remained calm. We were thankful that she was okay and that the car was gone, but she was still with us. So we were thanking him just for even having now. Now I see that we should be thanking him for allowing us to have the right temperament in a situation. So the point I'm making here even is that since we know he's always orchestrating the show, 
I didn't understand at the time when we were going through the house buying process when it seemed like we weren't going to qualify. God was already setting it up. He used the car that we had just got to allow my daughter even to be in a minor car accident, but the people total off the car. That wrote $30,000 worth of debt from off of our report, which puts us in a, a better income bracket to been able to qualify for the house. So had we probably cut up and acted a fool over, you know, my daughter getting into this, car, this, um, this accident, there's no telling how the outcome. You know, the Lord probably would have been looking at it like y'all are getting upset over things. You're getting upset over idle things, you know. But let, praise me for her life being here, and I'm going to show you how I'm going to turn that situation around. I'm going to take that 30000 car you just bought. I'm going to wipe it off your debt, and you're going to get in this house that I'm going to bless you with. And I am so thankful to that. I'm so thankful in hindsight. That's that looking back at those things and thanking him for uh, the blessing that he was already setting up. And it seemed like it was a bad thing, but it, it, it worked out in our favor. It worked out for the good. Thank him for allowing us to constantly have the right temperament, the right attitude in everything that we do. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But we want to be praying and be thankful unto him that he would armor us, that he would clothe us with the right temperament to be able to handle and endure whatever it is that is coming tomorrow. Let's thank him. Let's thank him for that. Let's thank him for the new garment. Let's thank him for a good temperament. And then we should go before him and thank him about thank him for joy. You know, we want to always be in a place where we can go before him just joyfully. You know, he's a God of balance, the lion and the lamb. You know, sometimes, you know, we may go in our prayer closet and we may not always be weeping and crying, but we may be smiling and rejoicing and just having a good old time with him, thanking him for everything that he's done and even thanking him for what he's going to do in the lives of our family members, the lives of the children, the caregivers, the ministry. Can we go to him with joy, with the right attitude? When the going gets tough, just for this moment, God is always working and he always has a plan. Let's thank him for his plan because what seems like it might be a stumbling block, God is setting it up for a stepping stone for us in our lives. Can we thank him for that stepping stone? Can we thank him even for the stumbling block? Can we and thank him for inviting us to come to the dance with him? Pastor Cyril talked about dancing in the rain. Are you going to just continuously dance in the rain? Or are you going to say, oh, I don't know how to dance, so I can't join this dance? No, he wants us to dance with him, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the season is. So I encourage you today, stay in the dance with him, accept his invitation, and thank him for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he's about to do. Pastor Cyril? Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord um, in the communion. Uh, Father God, we come before your throne of grace in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you, Father. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, any rebellion or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. Father, we know you have chosen us to be your children. We know, Father God, when we gave our lives to you, you accepted us, Father God, into your family. You paid the price for us. And our desire is to live for you, Father. 
as we take this bread representing your life, Father God, that was broken for us. Father, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who receive you. Thank you, Father God, for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. Father God, we receive this bread in remembrance of you. Let's go ahead and take the bread. In the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from the splintered cross. You are the supreme sacrifice, Father, for all of us in past, present, and future. God, we remember you and celebrate you, the preciousness of this gift, Father God, that you gave it to us through your blood. Let's take the drink. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, God, for the healing that you began in the lives of your children yesterday in that prison. Thank you, Father God, for allowing us to be part of your plan. Father God, I just pray for all my brothers and sisters on this line that you, Father God, will give each and every one of us, Father God, a new strength this week, new anointing of fresh grace, a new mercy for every day of our life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender. Father God, to your grace. We surrender to your grace this morning. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy on us, God. Have mercy on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Conference has been unmuted. Everyone, have an amazing week. We will see you each other again next week. But in the meantime, have a good and great week. Bye, everyone. Have a good one, everyone. God bless you. Bye, everyone. Bye.